Welcome to episode three of The Right Pair of Burks. It's been a while, and if you want to skip the horrendously indulgent intro, skip to two minutes. The ordinary people, my lord, would most readily lay down their lives in defence of your realm. It is simply that, being ordinary, they would prefer to be asked and not told. You know not the ways of this nation, Mr. Art, and such things do not happen here. It is treasonable talk, and I will not have it in my house. This war will not be won with untrained plowmen, apprentices, old decaying serving men. We need men with fire in their bowels who fear the Lord, but not the enemy. and make the name of England the noblest in all Christendom. Parliament no longer truly represents the people of this nation, sir. I represent the army, sir. And the army is the heart and conscience of the people. I have always desired, above my life, a free parliament, sitting by the authority of the good people of this nation. A parliament open and visible to be seen by all men. Okay, well, I'm recording now. As usual, we're completely unorganised and haven't got a proper introduction. Um, so, as always, um, we need to give you some context here. Um, it's been a year and a bit. <laughs> we, we said we were going to do this regularly, and we actually even predicted what we were going to do in the next one, in the last one. Um, we'd have had to have some kind of Oracle at Delphi powers to have done that, but there we go. Um, this time, we are drinking London Pride. Uh, gone back to something a bit more patriotic. Uh, the way we do have some wine. What's the we're, wine? We're, we're, we've got some Burgundy from uh, Macron's France. Oh dear! Um, that on fire. I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a burning sensation. Uh, we'll later on. <laughs> Fantastic. God bless Macron. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we also have another accompaniment this evening, which is um, just as I was about to get here. Some Winterland. Absolutely. Just as I was about to get here, uh, Sears uh, said to me kindly, "Go and get some cigars." So we are currently burning our way through. Some what are they say? Oh, uh, they are heavy winterlands full Corona, and you'd be delighted to know that they are made in the European Union. Oh dear! Uh, which obviously means they will be extinct. On the, Absolutely, they uh, definitely uh, won't uh, want to be importing those. At, at the end of March, they mm. will cease to exist. Um, Absolutely. So that, that'll be that. Absolutely. Um, anyway, so we we've tra- <laughs> he's already kicking off. Um, so we've we've had a bit of a think, you know, um, over about five minutes worth of chat. Yeah about what we're going to do uh, this occasion. Like we said last time, we're going to try and keep this down to a reasonable time, but we said 45 minutes an hour last time, it rambled on to, yeah, it rambled on to at least 90. So um, what's first on our agenda? I think we were going to take think, the raw mick out of ourselves. Well, I think, I think there's two things we could um, talk about first off. Is one, why we've decided after the, um, as much fun as podcast one and two was, I think one of the reasons why we then left it is that we thought we'd won. Yeah. Um, I, think, I, think, I think there was... You know, the, the, the uh, referendum, which was our, our raison d'etre, effectively, had, had been won. 
Um, we left it with Theresa May looking like she and the Conservative Party was going to smash the left wing vote out of the park. Um, yeah, we made some horrific election yeah, predictions, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. It's horrific um, election predictions. And it looked like the 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 um, the cause was almost um, uh, with us, and, and uh, history was on our side. Use that phrase. And then we chatted um, um, about what was going on with the Brexit um, situation and, and how. Uh, it seemed that actually from a position of strength um, we looked like we were losing so perhaps it was time to have a little rant and rave um, and see if we could not influence anyone because no one's going to fucking listen to us no we, but, I think but, we had but, 72 but, listeners the last yeah. time and, we, and we, we, we joked that they must have had something wrong Section 100 Mental Health Act was in order M- morally uh, wrong yeah. um, <laughs> but it was interesting um, listening to the last podcast obviously the election uh, we got Shambolically wrong. Um, I, th- I think I actually said it was um, it was a fantasy that um, that the Conservatives were only going to win by fifty seat margin. Well, even worse, <laughs> I, I started saying that you know, there was more chance of me growing an afro than Labour getting over twenty percent. So um, we misplayed that one in a big way. But listening to the other parts, Jeff, I thought there was a lot of insight there that. Um, yeah, has turned out eighteen months to be spot on. I mean, uh, I, I can't even remember the circumstances why we listened to this guff again last week, but it was it was it was alcohol. Quite, right, yes, that was it. <laughs> right, it was quite entertaining though, to okay. reminisce. But I think there were a couple of things that we said, which really deserve a bit of uh, of going over again. Particularly um, when no one was saying this, our biggest worry was that the biggest threat to Brexit was Theresa May. That is a, uh, a, dra- a direct quote from that podcast. Direct the, quote. The biggest threat to Brexit is the Prime Minister. And um, I, I did subscribe to that partly at the time. I think I, less so than you did. Um, I was a, a lot more buoyant about the situation. Um, but then again, we were never that convinced about her. I remember only a couple of days after that podcast was um, finalised and put out, she then released the full manifesto. Which we, you know, we, we saw some things coming out. There was the, you know, the, it, some pronouncements. It was it was Ed Miliband like Ed Miliband like, and, and I think, um, and I think that's the issue that the Tory party have struggled with ever since. Absolutely, and I think I uh, then wrote a, a blog post about this called Dismay, and again from that point onwards, I was a lot more concerned about the direction she was going, and it wasn't too bad. But having said that, let's be humble. Uh, there were a couple of moments where we did sort of, uh, you know, clap and, and whoop a little bit. Um, do you remember the first conference speech she had, Citizens of Nowhere? Oh, it was amazing. I watched it upstairs on my uh, my little nephew's games room, actually. And she 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 gave that um, sort of speech that, had she followed it, would have potentially been that electoral dynamite which I still believe exists in this country. It would have been a 97 moment for the Yeah, I, I, I believe that there is still um, a huge uh, constituency uh, of um, working class patriotism and middle class conservatism um, and I think that that electoral combination which has been ignored now for 40 years uh, was one that when she gave that speech, I could have been tapped into. But she's been scared off by 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 the noise of the Wankarati. Well, I I don't know about you, but I take a slightly more cynical view. Uh, you say she's been scared off. I, in retrospect, look at everything that she's done, everything that she's said, and I, I take a, a far more cynical view of her. I think she's perhaps the most duplicitous prime minister, or you know prominent political figure in this country's history certainly in the last 100 years um you may disagree with me but i i think, I, I, I think uh, I, we we've got this phrase which we've used previously 
if you were deliberately trying to sabotage Brexit, yeah. what would you do differently? And, and actually, there, there aren't many things I can think of than what she has done in practice. I suppose where we differ is that you view that as some sort of dark malevolence and I view it as a general bumbling incompetence. She's got the demeanour um, ability of a, of a junior ranking civil I, servant. I think it's a mix of both. Um, I think she... Where I, where I read the malevolence is in her belief that I see from the things that she's done that she could put this deal that she's come up with forward to the British people and they would buy it as Brexit. And that that was deliberately constructed to be so. That, to me, is malevolent because she's trying to manipulate people into into yeah. going for something that, that they're not even going to go for. But it's also tied up with her incompetence. I, so no, I agree I, with that. It's malevolent incompetent malevolence. No, I see the argument, Jeff. Um, but I think her problem... And um, from a few, I didn't watch the whole show. I've not watched it since the last podcast, actually, on Question Time. Charles Moore was on. Oh, no, I haven't um, watched it last night. Very good egg. And um, he was speaking about... The issue is is that uh, the Remainers... And by that, I don't mean people that just for a those that are still... Remainers. On, yeah. Um, fail to understand, because obviously they would, because they're from a different perspective, the, the rationalisations and motivations behind the vote. Mm. And Theresa May, a Remainer, um, mm. and a former Home Secretary who was obsessed with immigration but yet did nothing about it, um, mm. sees it purely as a vote against immigration. Yeah. And, 100% agree. And if that was the case, then they'd be delighted with the deal because it deals with immigration. But actually, people are fuming about it because actually the real driver was the real division, I think, is between those that believe that Britain, the United Kingdom, can still function as an independent sovereign nation and those that don't. And mm. Brexiteers, rightly or wrongly, believe that Britain can still function as one, and Remainers do not believe that Britain can function as an independent nation. I think that's true, and I think there's another uh, aspect to this, the, the same um, calculation there is that on top of that, there is a divide between the idea that people are need to be led by politicians in a particular direction. Yeah. Um, so, and that's a particularly middle-class view, um, bourgeois view, as you would call it, uh, that people are elect their politicians to make their decisions for them rather than make their decisions on their behalf. And um, I think there's a mix of both of those that has a place in representative democracy. But when you then cede the the question to the people, and then attempt to um, interpret it on their behalf, I find that that's what we have going on, over and above what you're saying. I think what you said is absolutely true. There's a, a belief in that we are managing decline, or a belief that we are uh, potentially um, held back by the European Union, and, and that's the dividing line. Um, but I think on top of that, there is a there is a class element to this, as there always would be in Britain. Mm. Um, you know, I think I think I think you're very right on, on the class point. There's the, and we'll come to it when we look at the the experts at the Bank of England and uh, Amazing. About that whole thing. Yeah, yeah I think so we'll go into some more detail about we'll uh, Theresa May um, in, in the future. So, well, other things we said on the podcast. Well, what we'd like to do is obviously it's been a little while since we had a little chin wag. So since mm. then, cast our minds back to whenever it was, little pints ago. Um, Hot or not, basically, who in that time has, has uh, in our view at least, uh, enhanced the reputation, and who since that time has damaged it. And I'm going to kick off with a chap that I once just to wind up my fellow teacher brother who made my profile picture <laughs> at did. school. Um, 
Michael Gove. So I'll I'll kick us off here. I think uh, if that's all right with you, Jeff. Yeah, go nuts. Say that <clears throat> Michael Gove, as a Times uh, reporter, was uh, um, I was a very big fan of his. Uh, he's, he's forceful um, views on things like um, crime and punishment, the European Union, um, democracy, and local government reform were real bread and butter PEO to, to people like me and you. And, and let's take um, his background a little bit just just before that. You know, foster essentially a foster child, um, orphan, grammar school educated, worked his way up. Boy done good. Boy done good. Fantastic. He was sort of like the right wing job major. Absolutely. Um, and then he went to education, and he wound up all the right people. And um, and he's definitely in our view. And his and he and did and and his educational reforms, whilst being um, whilst being attacked by the by the by the blob, as he called them, no <laughs> one's now seriously talking about reversing. Reversing it, yeah. Um, then he went to justice, and I thought he was drunk the whole time. Mm. He started talking about holding hands and kumbaya and all sorts of nonsense. I thought, well, that might be a blip. Um, and obviously between he stabbed Boris in the back and ensured we've got a Remainer as the Prime Minister and then he become and then he was welcomed back into Theresa May's cabinet and then he goes around oh yeah he went to Defra didn't he mm-hmm. and said uh, David Attenborough still there D- David Attenborough is absolutely correct and uh, and we, we should care more about the the, the the you know the toxic shrimp than we should our fellow human beings and plastic bags are the greatest menace ever um, <laughs> I'm thinking well you know this is quite a long bender it's quite a long time to be on the beach. yeah um, and now he goes around whoring out Theresa May's betrayal of her, her, her Versailles settlement I'm thinking I think I, th- I think Mark Rove is now done he's he's he, he's trusted by no one I uh, agreed and so. certainly and we were actually his biggest champions oh. at one point as you say. And the, the the strange thing I find about Gove, particularly, and and, and and the reason why I think he's gone down this strange adult path, is that um, he said something which we all nodded our heads at during the referendum on the Sky News debate, which was, "Who listens to experts?" Essentially, like, we're bored of listening to people who purport to know what they're talking about and don't. And don't. I mean, that that is one of the most misquoted things ever because. Um, his actual quote where he was with Faisal Islam on that Sky News debate was, the British people are sick and tired of experts. In inverted and, commas. And, and that's where Faisal Islam interrupted. And he carried on from nameless organisations mm-hmm. with the initials arm, all that sort of stuff, who actually aren't experts, was mm-hmm. his point. Exactly. Um, and he was talking about those that keep failing their predictions and whatnot. But the, the, that has been caricatured as, we don't give a care about intelligent people and therefore it plays into the British tears of thick idiots. Indeed. But I think what we've actually had from Michael Gove ever since then, and it started at Justice, was this um, conversion in that mentality that he was listening to people who were making these predictions about new wave, you know, lovey-dovey justice uh, you know, policies like you know more, much more rehabilitation, giving the diplomas and all this kind of stuff. stuff. Um, and he he went to he went to America and saw some of this in kind of some lefty states. And I, I find that where was the point at which he made this very good argument that you've got people who are making these uh, these these policies up on the hoof to to fit some sort of political agenda from organisations that might as well be in my shed. And um, he's now seems to be listening to all of them at Justice, but now even more so at DEFRA. Because things like the other week where he said we were going to run out of drinking water, for example. Um, and that's just absolutely ridiridiculous. And, and actually, it was quite interesting. A couple of days after, I listened to a chap on LBC called in. And he said, um, you know, we, what he's talking about there is 
the import of a chemical that we put into our drinking water that is a fluoride chemical. It's nothing to do with the, the actual cleanliness of the water or what we drink. And, and there are plenty of alternatives that you can use. It's just we happen to import it, this particular chemical well, to put fluoride this, in the water. This, this, again, really, really does fit in brilliantly with all of these predictions assume no response. So when we come on to yeah. it, comes on air, Yeah, we'll come on to So the, we import the current fluoride chemical, and therefore, if we can't import it from, say, I don't know where it's from, but we'll yeah. say France, then we won't import it from anywhere else. And yeah. then, I mean, or it, we have no domestic it, alternative. It is, it is unbelievable. I mean, it, it, it requires an intelligent person, to, you know, an academic, to believe this stuff. Um, and Orwell always just said this. It, it is unbelievable. Um, the, some of the things they're saying, I saw we're going to run out of sperm. Well, I, honestly, I I remember my days at university and my, and my confederates. Trust me, if they're still alive, there's no danger of running out of sperm. They were spreading it like bloody wildfire. Uh, it's, 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 the only thing in danger of running out there was Andrex. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 and you look at it again. You know, Project Fear, uh, I don't want to use that term particularly. You know, they, they thought that was their best strategy. I suppose good luck to them. It failed miserably in referendum one. Mm-hmm. And rather than say, right, that's not going to work, what is going to work? They've doubled down on that and they wheel out Tony Blair, mm. Andrew Adonis, Alistair Campbell. I'm like, this is wonderful. Get them on Get TV. them on. The, the, the more, more time the more, they spend the, the, on the, there. The more I want. I mean, and I saw Nicky Morgan. I saw, I didn't see the whole thing. Clip, clip. Oh, saying, yes. Tom Harwood. How, how dare how you? How dare you? I, 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 great. Because the snobbery that is displayed by these people is, is really underpinning the class element that I talked to you about yeah, earlier. Awesome. I, I do think there is a, um, like you said, that, that element of we, we're not managing to climb here, we can do better than this, but that, that snobbery, and we know better, is, is definitely uh, part yeah, of the equation. It's, 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 it's the driving force. I mean, I mean she's gone quiet recently, unless you've seen her, um, but Gina Miller's whole thing was effectively, you know, yeah, we're the we're the liberal intelligentsia. How how dare, how dare you, you? How dare you yeah. vote against what we tell you to vote? But I mean, again, as this is a topical podcast, and, and of course you'll be listening to it the first thing tomorrow. Um, oh, I heard on the radio. <laughs> fuck me. Uh, I, I, I mean, you were listening tomorrow. <laughs> um, so I heard on the radio on the way here. Forever. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, heard on the radio on the way here. A, a clip from a podcast from the head of politics at Cambridge University. Now, Cambridge University considered um, to be a high seat of learning uh, in the world, and the head of politics there high, is high seat of leftism. Yeah, indeed. We perhaps need a separate podcast on, on the state education. of educa- state uh, of education generally. Actually, yeah, in our yeah, former experience, well, my former experience, your current. Say, experience. Like, last time you did a podcast, you were. In I was. Right? I was still a teacher then. Now I'm a. You're now flogging flowers. I, of the third I, world. I'm now flogging flowers from the third world. Actually, when we when we come to talk, it's very true. Actually, I'll come back to that later because when we're going to talk about trade and Project Fear, um, I can talk a little bit about that because flour is obviously something largely imported. I can use my personal experience there yeah. with what's going on with that. But um, your lived experience, my lived experience. Christ, we sound like a bunch of new age people. <laughs> but now going back to this um, this twonk from Cambridge. Yeah, Cambridge. Um, so he, 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 he votes for six year olds. He's seriously saying votes for six and I thought oh maybe he was saying this flippantly they played the, the clip from the podcast and he's yeah. like you know really the only criteria for people that can vote is that um, they can read and, and I thought well if that's your criteria um, surely there are there are people of adult age who can't read Do, are we going to take are we going to take away their, their suffrage are, are, are there also the the blind are we going to take away their suffrage <laughs> yeah take that disenfranchise Stevie Wonder um, 
Is there also? We're all just going to poke fucking Dave Lammy's eyes out, so he so he can't vote anymore. Well, we wouldn't have to use him anyway. Well, did you see the clip ages ago? This must have been like there are no police on the streets, and there's a copper behind him. Ironically, fantastic. This room is rather full of smoke. I love it. This is the life. Two fat cigars on the game. This is great. This is like something on the Titanic. Well, I, I, feel, I, I feel like that with Brexit, actually. I feel the, yeah. the Brexit Titanic, I'm sure people will make their mm. little funny piss takes out of that. But I feel like having done the hard work, we haven't done the hard work. Mm. I say we, we, I did very little apart from Well, no, no, no. I'm, some, I'm, apart from don't mind leaving some, you and tell my lefty friends. Some, some lily-livered, scurvy-ridden idiot has driven it into an iceberg. Um, That's what's happened. Her name's <laughs> fucking Theresa May. Yeah, no, <laughs> she has. And I hope she doesn't get a fucking liable. She's not going to get a laugh jacket. She's done. So let's... let's I'm going to fucking fucking chain it to the wheel. Let's let's, let's (laughs) jump on to um, this month. Now, I've um, tweeted a couple of things about this. Um, Sober and not sober, I've thought about it. Um, About what Theresa May's endgame is it? Because she might be an imbecile, but she does over-prepare for things and she never gets caught on the She's always across the detail. Yeah, yeah, across the detail. Now... Very bureaucratic now, in that sense. I might have called the, the May election wrong. That was in the, the, the May the 2017 election yeah. wrong. But there is no way that this deal... Let's go back one the second year. Let's talk about Theresa May's deal. So let's actually, let's, let's go back one before we discuss how it's okay, going yeah. So Theresa May, Lancaster House, wonderful. There mm-hmm. I was, banging my table. Mm-hmm. My God, sugar tits has got it right. And I thought, this is going to be absolutely fantastic. Um... No deal is better than a bad deal. It's a serious option. Um, mm-hmm. And no deal is a serious option because it's, it's, it's basically Indeed. the terms that everyone trades on. 98% it's, of it's, trade. It's, it's not some sort of product option. Um, she's going to... I mean, I thought she was wrong, actually, on not guaranteeing um, EU my, EU citizens oh, here. Their well, rights. I'm already drunk, Peter. I can't light a fucking match. What's going on uh, here? You're, you're doing serious damage to the credibility of this podcast. Uh, and you can't light a fucking uh, swan uh, match. I'm going to try another one. Um, you carry on. <laughs> Although I thought she was wrong in not guaranteeing migrants rights straight away, me too. Yeah. It certainly led to me believing, my God, she's going to play hardball. You know, straight away, she the, the the easiest thing to agree was, oh, I'm sorry, guys. What is going on I'm, here? I'm, 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 I'm going to, have to stop because Jeff, despite claiming he's got some political house, can't light a fucking. What the match. fuck happened there? there How you is go. that? You got it, mate? Start, yeah. You got it? Um, I've Jeff around. Anyway. Oh, it's gone um, out. Fuck it now. Oh, my God. This is it's, the new feature. This, this is literally <laughs> a metaphor for Theresa May's negotiations with the European Union. We've got to nearly the end. She, literally, yeah, I've got about yeah, an inch he, left. She, she's literally got to the heart. She's, he's done the hard part. He's made the call, isn't it? And now, despite being given a lit fucking match, he cannot complete the task. It's, it, the, the, a perfect time <laughs> to just spaz up a bloody uh, match. Bang. Go back, I'm going to lay this the, down the, here. The, we'll come back the, to that the, later. The, the, the thing, I thought, well, actually, you, know, you can guarantee that straight away. But the downside with it, oh, the, the plus side of it is that actually this looks like a woman that's going to play hardball. She's actually going to you know, put all cards on the table and drive a deal. What she's then done with her numpty Ollie Robbins is absolutely be supine and uh, accept everything cravenly. And that's not because... I, I, I don't think she's particularly weak, actually. I think in many ways she shows quite resolute characteristics. The issue is that she sees it from a range point of view. Yeah. That Brexit is damaged to be limited. Now, that may or may not be the case, but you cannot, you cannot conduct that in that way. But like putting Alex Ferguson in charge of Man City. He hates Man City. Yeah. And be willing to do the best he possibly can. 
even if he wanted to, his natural instinct against yeah. it is going to be against it. And so therefore, we've ended up with this deal, which has the unique characteristic of uh, uniting right in the country. <laughs> so the, it, it accepts customs union control that we cannot unilaterally end, which is unconstitutional, as we discussed before, Jeff, because you can't bind future parliaments. It accepts all manner of things which which is actually worse than current EU membership. I'll say this as a as a as a Brexit um, um, uh, what I suppose I'm classified as a hard Brexit. Yeah. Um, I would rather stay in the European Union than have May's deal, and perhaps that's her game to stay, to stay in the European Union. Well, except um, it hasn't got a cat's and hell's chance the, of getting through Parliament. But it's to the point. It's going to lose mm. by. At least two hundred votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate I'm going to make well, that, purchases. Look, look, it's, I, it's going to lose. But, but I think it will lose big. But interestingly, and I don't know why he's said this, and then I'll let you continue. I heard Jacob Rees-Mogg on his podcast uh, Tuesday. Jacob, and, Jacob, you need to get on this podcast. Indeed, mate. yeah. I'll tell, tell you what. He'd probably he'd probably join us for a cigar. And I'm, I'm sure he would. He'd probably join the bookcase. I can see Bob Nozick from where I He'll lend us a monocle. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but... I can't I, see, can't see uh, Willie Mandel's uh, On his... Well, I don't know. We could maybe ingratiate the, him. The moon star. He, he, well, he did on that Channel 4 thing, go up to the north. So he may, he may well come here. Well, if you can stop at the north, you can stop at um, But yeah, he did say on his podcast that he was... Um, he essentially said, don't think it's going to, to lose by any more than 50. And I, I did think, oh, I, I, but I don't know what's going on with him. Maybe when we come back to our hot or not ja- list, ja- ja- we need ja- to talk about Jacob. Because ja- Jacob has been on Nanny Sherry, if he thinks only 50. I mean, um, although I'm upset with how few Jacob can muster. I like Jacob Rees-Mogg, and he's an honourable man, and what have you. But the ERG have been, well, for my point, they've been let down. Squib. They've been let down um, by what they consider the promises. And men of us. But this this actually brings to the fundamental problem I want to interrupt you about half hour ago on, Jeff. The fundamental problem in this country is not Brexit. It's not Brexit. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that we have, and our system relies on a representative parliament to represent the legitimate divisions within this nation. And within this nation, the divisions are on, I would suggest, three broad areas. Go ahead. One is Brexit, mm-hmm. governments of the country. The other is law and order. And the other is, um, you know, you check on your cigar. It's sort of coming apart at the end. Um, Brexit. I'm proper tramping this, going right to the end. Brexit, law and order, and um, I, the third, the, the least, I think, important is um, economics. And by economics, I mean the role of. Um, uh, how, the how, how, yeah, the role of the state in that, the whether, how that gets through history or not. That one, though, is right at the bottom. I and is integrally tied the, to the ones yeah, above. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the key issues are. Your view on Brexit, which you're right, feeds into everything, uh, which is 52 in favour of leaving the minority. I'll repeat this again up here in the last podcast. Mm. The minority position is to remain your view. Yeah. Quite a punishment, which currently currently is liberal. Mm. But if we had a referendum on certain things, actually, we want more puny things. And the economy, I think, actually, we're on the minority of. Possibly. No, I, I, I think. Corbynism, no, that's probably too far. I think state involvement, people aren't as trusted. We, we aren't, the free yeah. Markets we are. No, I agree with that. Fine. So roughly on those issues, you look at 50-50. Parliament is uh, 85-15, I think, in favour of Remain or something like yep. that, 75-25 certainly. It is certainly 85-15 in favour of punitive justice. 
it, it, against punitive justice. Oh, sorry, against punitive justice. Sorry, thank you very much. Um, phew, London points strong. And, <laughs> and on the economy, it's actually firmly on Mil- we're, we're outnumbered. I'm right mm. to say because I think this, but actually, it's 100 percent in favour of Ed Miliband. Corbyn, Ken Keynes, yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, the, apart from the few people the, 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 that the, the, may think the, the, otherwise. The issue is, Jeff, is that not that Brexit's happened and not that people want Brexit. The issue is that our legislature is completely unrepresentative of the people. I mean, to quote our introduction, Parliament, Parliament no longer no, true the, the will of the people. people. And it doesn't. What we need now is the parties, I think, and, and although he's bottled Brexit, Peter Hitchens is right, we need the parties... Even though they don't to, be to finally represent what we want. The Lib Dems have a place. They're probably our twenty five percent of the people. The the teachers we worked with back in the day are Lib Dems and, and that's there. Then you've got the hard left or the or, sorry, no, the hard left, I'll take it back. The left. The left. Which actually ironically The real left, yeah. Ironically is well off of middle class people that feel guilty about being well off of middle class. And then you've got the centre right, <laughs> which is the working class conservative um uh, strand which would win elections like it has done for hundred years. The issue is that the parties are full of Anasubras. Yeah. Oh, I mean, when we come to hot or not, I think we go, need to go over here. Take Anasubri, Jeff, all yours. Anasubri is unique among politicians for having all of the things we've talked about. Contempt for the the, the people, the people who disagree with it. The the temerity to run on a manifesto which she completely disagreed with, yet didn't really argue with at the time until after she was elected and then decided to, to pick apart one piece by piece. I, I would probably put Sarah Wollaston in with this. I mean, I... I, I, I she, she didn't work. She, uh, she, uh, she, she was the one she, that pretended to be in favour of leave, didn't she? Yeah. Just, just to come out with, actually, I love the National House Service because the National House Service is good, and if you don't like the National House Service, you're evil. But yeah, so she, she embodies that sort of middle-class contempt. She embodies this idea of... We as um, representatives know better, and we are here to check and balance the people rather than ironically, represent the people. Ironically, though, just before we carry on, we are called right pair of Burks, and Edmund Burke was a favour of representatives not being slaves to their constituents and exercising better judgment. And uh, to a certain extent, I agree. However, we've we've got a rot that has that has set into Parliament for a long, long time. And the rot is at the deep, right at the centre of the party system. Because when you have, especially with the way of allocating seats, for example, when you have a top of the party that has a particular agenda, take Cameronism from 05. Um, when, when we go from 05, you have a, over time we're seeing it with the Labour Party now, you've got 05 to 010, slowly you get these generations of people coming in. And when we hear people on the, on the news talk about, oh, the next party leader of the Conservatives is going to come from the new generation. People are bored of the old generation. Well, uh, God forbid we end up with someone from the 2015 cohort, the 2017 cohort, because, because, because it gets progressively worse. It's, it, and you can see it most acutely with, with, the, with Corbyn Labour, because at the moment, the more and more they take over the reins of the party, the NEC, they get to select candidates, they get to put the candidates in the right seats, which is the most important thing, you can actually completely gerrymander and engineer the you, you're, you the, the the form of your party, and especially when you've got safe seats, as you have, if if you want Diane Abbott elected, you put her somewhere where you could slap a red rose out of a piece of ham, and it would and it would be elected. So it, and 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 this really, I think I, I actually was talking about this the other night. I have a great reverence for our parliamentary system. I was actually comparing it to the American system the other day. I think by and large the actual system of parliament is fantastic. 
the checks and balances we have are, 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 are great that we can get legislation through when it should we sh we can block it when it shouldn't that's great but the the problem is the party system it's not that it's not our parliamentary system and really it's what we do about that and this is well the, 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 uh, if i inject there, yeah the issue is, is the parliamentary system the westminster model does work and in my opinion it's the greatest system of governments on the, on the planet and here we agree with burke i, I actually do but, agree but but, that but, but but the issue is the parliament has to be accountable yes true the parties have to be adversarial. Then when you've got people like, I mean, there was how many voted uh, against May, Ken Clark, Anna Subaru, Williston, and you've got Grieve. the Grieve and all that, who are effectively, um, excuse the phrase here, New Labour. Mm. We've got parties, zombie, as Peter Hitchens called it, zombie parties. And uh, he, is, he has got the nail on the head with this. And, 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 he's, and he's had the nail on the head. For a long, long time. Since well, When did he write the... the, the um, Abolition of Britain. Abolition of Britain, 2000? I'll tell you right now, you can't remember. 2000, I think. I think he's re-released it with some addendum. But um, the Abolition of Britain got it perfectly, perfectly right. The Labour Party was at the time it built an electoral coalition around that third third way around what you said was the least important of those three things was a kind of uh, an appreciation of economics and 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 it's the economy stupid taken right out of the book of, of clinton right old, old bill yeah so that's how they built that electoral coalition but that whole whole um narrative has been blown out of the water by the events of 2008 people have had to accept the reality of for a long period of time now, 10 years, had to accept the reality of a stagnating or declining economic growth and their priorities, therefore, and, and, and whichever party is in control, you're going to have a relatively the same effects unless you're going to borrow 500 billion and completely tank the economy. But people then shift their priorities to other things. When they accept that the economy around the world is relatively stagnant, they're going to start to think about things that matter to them more than this. Uh, he's found his abolition of Britain. No, it's a little it's, while. It took a little while. But, but the point is, Pete Asians is completely right. The Conservative Party is a, is a zombie party because... Only kept up by the... Uh, but, 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 but the lack of a, a credible alternative. And, and actually... 1999. And, and 90 ago, so I was, I was fairly close. Yeah. But we, we, have, to, we have to think about this. You know, we, the, the issue is a lack of um, a credible alternative. And we predicted in the last one... The, the, the complete annihilation of UKIP before it even happened. Uh, well, I don't think we quite predicted how, um, you know, associations well, with Tommy Robinson my, and, my, and my six leaders. Now, I think, I think now, um, um, how do I put this politely? I used to get angry with the lazy assumptions and uh, tacit ignorance towards why people would vote Voted for UKIP and the views of UKIP you know, the idea they're Nazi and actually they're a libertarian party and now, um, now the, if you were to the, say the, that the, the way it's gone with Jerome Ban, um, they would be absolutely right correct. yeah and, and um, I would and, completely disassociate myself yeah from no I mean um, yeah you, you uh, and, and, and they're done um, the issue is though is is, is I suppose um, let, let, let's jump forward Jeff mm -hmm. let's Let's go for some um, erudite speculation. We get to December the 11th. Theresa May, because the sort of woman she is, she oh, Christ, boys and girls, he's about to try... Oh, Jesus Christ, try that. Another match. I sort of did, but... I, and he, I, and he I, cannot I managed to... I'm sorry, I, don't ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's literally run by a man that cannot <laughs> lie on Matt yet and destroy him with my terraced house. 
I still can't fucking light it. Before we start, before we start this, Jeff said we, we don't need to edit anything. I think I think. Oh, it's basically straight in. He turned around. I think the fact we don't right, edit fuck, this. Fuck this. Really, we really adds like sort of charm to it. Um, the, the fact you, that your, your is, matches look like they have uh, have been what, ground down by a Kenyan slave. I, I, mean, I tell you what, I'll say this. For all those people that say the experts know their manner, I'm talking to a man with a first class honours degree in history, <laughs> and he cannot light a fucking match. The experts know nothing. Uh, Absolutely nothing. Emma, what I was going to say. Yeah, was, keep going. I'll try not to wreck your house anymore. Um, so bad. Was was uh, let's, let's go forward. Um, Theresa May because she's. I'm going to try it, again. Don't, don't try again, Jeff. I'll fucking light it for you. Absolute. Bell sniff. Yeah, bell sniff. Leave it there. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to say it in a moment. No way. Um, Theresa May. Theresa May. Being who she is, drives forward the vote on the eleventh, and she loses by two hundred. What yeah. is going to happen, Jeff? Let's have some speculation. Okay, should, what, should what, we... What, let's go through because there's a range of options here. Okay. So, let, let's say... Should we, should we both put forward what we think is the most likely one first? Because we may differ on this. I, yeah, I don't know your view at all. Um, so... Unless you want me to go first. I'll go first. Um, I, I'm i quite glum about this. I, I think the way the conversation's going... I actually watched about four or five hours of the beginning of the debate that she kicked off on Thursday late into the night, saw David Lammy's absolutely ridiculous assertions that, um, that Brexit was essentially the return to colonialism. and, uh, and um, Don uh, and Donnie from Doncaster, uh, who voted Brexit, yearned for the return of the Raj. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. That's the, and, they, they, um, they do. They do. And, you know, all of that. Uh, um, anyway, but uh, the, the more and more I listened to it, the more, the more glum I got, because... Especially with the Grieve Amendment that was passed, yeah. But especially with the Grieve Amendment that was passed um, that morning, um, I think that it's much more likely that we're going to go from a situation where this deal collapses completely. Parliament takes control of, of, of the next step of this process, and um, he's, he's marvelling at the smoke. Uh, takes control of the next step of this process, and. I think, and this is, I know we do disagree on this, I think the only thing that there is a majority for in Parliament currently is a second referendum. Not that it, curr- not that it actually exists at this point, but I think once we get through the failed vote um, and a complete lack of alternative, the, the, the Parliament is never going to, to vote for a no deal, sadly. Um, does it need? Does it, to, does it need to? Well, there's some different differences of opinion on this. If if and, there's enough, if, if and, and whilst the lawyers argue, we go past March the twenty. Well, that's exactly my point. I think that's the thing. While the lawyers argue it out, we go past March twenty ninth. We we do it anyway by default, and perhaps that's your view of what's going to happen. No, um, not. but I, I think we the only thing that's going to form some kind of parliamentary coalescence is a, a, a second referendum. Okay, so and, let, 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 let me pick you on that, Jeff. Before I come to my view. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't want me questioning on this, yeah, of course. A really interesting part of the podcast where you figure out how matches work. This <laughs> the second referendum. Okay, second referendum. What are the options? Tell me through it. Well, um, in, in your view, in what? What should they be? No, no. Well, both. Well, what, what, what should they be? She obviously, you think may still a no deal. That tell that is red. What, what? What should they be? What they should be? No, no, no. no I don't think that at all because oh, because because to pass the legislation for a second referendum is going to be after the vote has been voted down by Parliament. Okay. You, you couldn't seriously put that on a on a, on a ballot paper. So may still was out. So it's so no, deal out. So it's no, no deal or remain. And I think. Um, 
And if you're and, asking why... And, and, and do you think that would happen? I, I think I think at this point, the most likely scenario is that we're going to end up with the only thing that Parliament is going to accede to as a majority. Not Like, like I said, I don't think that majority is there right now, but I think we're going to end up there by... With Parliament taking control of the next step if this vote fails after the Grieve Amendment. Yeah. Um, I think, and hopefully, the Ben Amendment fails. Have you seen the Ben Amendment? Um, is well, no, remind me. So, yeah. so the, the Grieve Amendment basically puts in place the idea that if if this vote, is, no, no, if, no, then, then, then Parliament control, Parliament yeah. then yeah. will vote to decide what then happens next. The the Ben Amendment essentially rules out no deal. The the Ben Amendment to uh, to add on essentially will say. And you know now, we, now, we are going. Now, any option we're going to go for is going to seek some sort of arrangement with the European Union. I, I might be wrong here, and if we have got any good listeners, they might be able to correct me if, if we get this wrong because we're not constitutional lawyers. The Ben Amendment will be attached to the withdrawal agreement because uh, it would have to pass the statute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so therefore it could overturn the previous statute because yeah. um, I was looking at the legal advice on the other day and said that it requires a statute because there's no parliamentary procedure. Or any sort of scholarly that I, can overturn the current withdrawal. Yeah, and I think this is where Jacob Rees-Mogg was coming from on that podcast I listened to is that he thinks between now and Tuesday there's going to be some sort of um, some sort of further amendments that's going to convert enough people that the majority that votes it down is going to be relatively small. Um, but still going to be voted. But down. still going to be voted down. Um, so so let's let's take as read and this, and this is the problem actually the grieve amendment again um, thinking about this must be attached to the deal. It must be attached. Yeah, to the deal. I, I, I. So, so surely the deal. Well, actually, no. How can it? The, the, this is what I mean. This is how it means. How can for, for, they? How can no, the grieve and, amendment work? And, and this is what I'm asking. Because the, 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 the they have to pass a proper look, exactly, proper the, piece of statute. The, 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 the amendments are attached to the withdrawal agreement, which we voted down, and therefore Indeed. after that, as far as I'm aware, and I can, I'm, I'm not an expert. I'm really not. I've I, I read my dicey, but that's about it. Yes. After that, the current statute. Which cannot be overridden by amendments. It reverts so, to the or, current or, statute, or, 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 which is the, the repeal act. Exactly. So the repeal act's in law. It's yeah. been passed, it's got law in assent, and we leave on the 29th. That can only be amended by legislation. The amendments will fail with the fail legislation. Fail with the legislation. That's a very good point. I hadn't thought about that, but actually, that's a very good point. So uh, let, let's, let's continue my um, thirst for yeah, because no, let, let, let's assume that Parliament does take control of the process afterwards. I think the only thing they're going to end up with is a, is, a, is a second referendum. I think the only thing that Parliament will agree... Well, and this is the other problem. How, who is going to agree this question? Because um, I don't think it can be up to Parliament to agree it. Some people were suggesting... Liz Kendall on this week, last night, was suggesting they'd have like a, a national um, citizens' assembly like they do for a constitutional amendment now, in, now, the, in the now, US. The, but that t- that's going to take six weeks, the, two well, months. That's why I said you the other day we discussed this over um, WhatsApp. My question was, was that the extension of Article 50 requires executive action. Mm-hmm. It cannot be done, and then so will be done in the time of Parliament anyway, but it requires the executive. And I said to you, who is going to be the one who's going to extend that Article to allow the referendum to take place? So, but carry on. And I'll, I'll no, no, and I, and I think... I, 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 no, no, well, I want to take my original thought through to please fruition do, because actually do. I think I might Go change on, my mind by the end of this. Um, that I think we'll get to that second referendum... I would like to think that people would have had enough of Project Fear Mark II. They would like to think that they had enough to be condescending to. I would like to think that I could believe the polls that I've seen and that No Deal would still win, um, perhaps by even a slightly higher margin than, than, than the original vote. 
Um, having said that, it's a distinct possibility that Remain could win and then the whole thing's up. Two, um, two, two questions for you, I suppose, on that. If there was, and I don't, I, I don't agree with you, as, as, as you know, assume that the, 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 the people's vote, because obviously the, the, the starfish voted the first one, this time you need to ask the people. Assuming that ran... Um, and the six-year-olds. Would you vote then? <laughs> would I vote in the second referendum? Yes. Oh, I'd feel compelled to. I'd feel compelled to. So because, because I... I, I would feel compelled to. Uh, I'm going to reference him. As you know, I've got a great deal of respect for both my parents, but on this one, I can mention my dad. Mum and dad. And he was a, a shy remainer, I think. He won't tell us because that's the generation he's in. But he's, he's, he's a... We don't safe, talk about the war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a safety first. He was a camper and he's a great man. But anyway, and he says, if this comes to a referendum, I will not only not vote in the second round referendum, I'll never vote again because the whole system is discredited. Yeah. Now, now he's not a political junkie like me and you. He's a man that's voted every general election. He used to he's returning off some re-elections. Yeah. Takes yeah. democracy seriously and all that sort of stuff. But he's not a junkie. He goes and lives his life, plays a lot of golf. <laughs> now he's retired. Good egg. Um, but Turner said, "What's the point?" And I know this is a bit about whether you acknowledge it or not. And and I I think at this stage, not that I think it would happen. I'll, I'll, I'll say these two things. I don't think it will happen. If it did, I wouldn't bother. Um, because you could not have a second vote on something until the first result has been implemented. If if there was an we'll election, talk about this if there was an election now, general election, and Jeremy Corbyn won, I would not support a motion. I know I get something against Jeremy Corbyn mm-hmm. as you are. I would not support anything that said, "Well, before he become prime minister, let's have another general election." Mm. If we, I'm, I'm I'm all for a second referendum. But it needs to be in ten years' time. And actually, it was very interesting. Can, can I butt in on that? Because I actually managed to actually convert one of the most remainery people that I know to this argument the other day, who was saying, "When are we going to have this second referendum? Then, because it's the only thing we're going to be able to do to sort this mess out." And honestly, this person is, and I won't put it into context, but exactly who they are to me. But um, they they are the sort of person that will come to me with every headline that comes out anti-Brexit you know six weeks at Dover and every single thing they will come to me and um, no, and um, they will say uh, you know what do you think about that then what do you think about that then and um, you know and I've never managed to convert it before now on anything but we talked about the second referendum and I said look on, on a pure basis of democracy you cannot ask people the same question twice before the, the first one has been implemented so I, I said to her I said I'm not dogmatic about this I wouldn't mind if we had a second referendum on the 30th of March, the day after we've left. I wouldn't care. And the question could, would then be a different question because it would be, do you want to stay as an independent nation or do you want to rejoin the European Union? And if the question was, do you want to rejoin the European Union? I think the percentage of people that would want to stay out, given that question, would be horrendously high. They would be voting to rejoin the uh, European budget without the rebate. They would be voting to join the European army. They'd be voting to join... Um, uh, up, up to a system of increased federalism. They'd be voting to join up to a system that would almost certainly compel them to stay in the euro or to join the euro. If, we, if that was the question, there would be no doubt. So I think the way to neutralise this whole second referendum guff is to say, fine, you can have a second referendum um, on the 30th of March. And that's the question. The, the, uh, but again, this is a, a situation which should be solved easily if the parties reflected our differences. differences yeah. If Labour was the Remain party, and if the Tories were the Leave party, then every general election you can vote for them. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the last section were in the Lib Dems, who were the Remain Party, and they got spanked mm-hmm. badly. Um, Labour is led by Remain. Uh, sorry, it's, led, led, led by, by Labour. Yeah. But the party is broadly Remain. Mm-hmm. The um, Conservatives are led by Remain now, with a party that's split. And that's the problem. The, mm-hmm. the Conservative Party is full of new Labour types yeah. who, who, who assume that. Cameron, that Cameron Osbornism would last forever, that the, the mushy middle would last forever. And what we've seen, what's amazing actually, um, just to go slightly off topic, is that this country has, uh, it's linked to the second referendum, this country has remained in the last three, four, five years remarkably moderate when you compare it to our neighbours. We've got Paris burning down. We've got effectively a return of the Spanish Civil War in electoral terms. I don't know if you saw the Andalusia vote the other day, where they were the far right and now Canadians far left. We've got Obama in Hungary. We've got Wilders there. We've got basically a former fascist leading the president of Austria. And then on the we've, borders of Europe, we've, we've got Ukraine and, got Ukraine and what's going Russia. on there. We've got the Donald in the USA, a real, real populist. We've got Trudeau trending at unbelievable unpopularity levels. We've got Merkel, who's now finished. We've President BB. We've, 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 we've got the <laughs> AFD, which I think is quite worrying, not because I think the AFD are particularly um, evil. But that it takes a lot but, for us but, the rise of a right-wing mentality in Germany. Yeah. in Germany. And all we've done is vote to leave a trading block. Our biggest rebellion in this country... Our biggest rebellion, <laughs> when you think about that, that is Our biggest rebellion said... We're not, we're, not, we're not going to be in the corn laws anymore. <laughs> and what's then, what, what potentially happens, I want is the second referendum. I don't fear a second referendum. I, I um, feel that with um, my reading of English history and British history and my reading of popular opinion, mm. actually, shy remains like my dad, if they don't boycott it, will vote to leave just out of pure stubbornness because that's the type of people we are. And they should. I don't fear the result. I fear the damage. Mm. What you'll... What you'll you'll unleash. I put this the other day. You'll unleash a type of... uh, I did tweet this. People that thought that Nigel Farage laughably was a fascist will see what what real fashion is like. You'll see, and probably not him, but you'll see cretins like Tommy Robinson suddenly poll 15, 20% of the vote. And with the Everton window, you'll see British politics take a turn that's not ever taken. Not really. No. Because, and it had its options. Because, it had Mosley. Because, because, because Parliament has always reflected the division of people until now. It's fat bourgeois bohemians filling their boots and they need to go. Go. Now, if I can just very quickly jump what I think. Yeah, I was going to say, what's Jeff, your, what's Jeff your view? Jeff, I, I don't know is the answer. I mean, I, I felt very confident predicting um, elections and I got them wrong anyway. <laughs> But it's not because I got them wrong that I feel about it. I genuinely don't know. Um, so I follow the, 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 the precedent of what's happened in this country before when it's reached these sort of things. And I see no way around now, even ignoring the, the deadline of March 31st, um, one of two things. Um, I think the most likely is a Conservative Party putsch. I don't know who that results in. I'll, I'll say that. I don't know who that results in. But Theresa May... She can't survive can't, this vote. Cannot survive. She cannot survive she, this vote. I can't believe she survived this long. She no. Well, well, I think we need to go back and do a proper analysis of that. Yeah, maybe I, towards I, the yeah, end. No, no, threatening. This, this is the joy of the podcast. Um, I think the real thing that needs to happen, once she's gone, I still think both might happen, she will go. And then we need a general election. Mm. The issue I cannot get around is is that Labour really has a leadership that wants to leave. Mm. 
And and if the Conservative Party elect, let's say David Davis is a caretaker, let's say um, Johnson is a Boris Johnson is the radical populist, yeah. I think he would win. Um, I think he, he would he, his his stumbling block would be supporting the party because he's because very much alienated. Yeah, the last two. Um, because the last two wins is. Um, <laughs> ironically, you would have two Brexiteers pitching against each other, but a general election needs to happen to resolve it. And we I, need a clear mandate. And ideally, it needs to resolve it. 52 48 would do. Mm. 58 I think the, the, the I, third but, parties but, will be annihilated but, but, if we have an election but, but, now. But, but to throw it open, I, she gets her deal rejected, obviously, and then. This nation, which has always had good sense electorally, certainly for the last thousand years, <laughs> will throw it to the people, and um, I'll, I'll actually give a reason where I got the people wrong and they were right. The people, I think, will return the government that's needed to deliver no deal, and mm. by no deal we mean World Trade Organization no, with with provisos. They 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 were sort of money talks and But I'll tell you where I got the people wrong. The last podcast, I thought that the good British people thought like me and well perhaps they did but I thought they would overwhelmingly vote Conservative and they decided to say actually Theresa May is untrustworthy she's not convincing and therefore we'll vote for Labour maybe because I like Corbyn maybe it's not but let's look back now if we'd been right if me and Jeff had been right in the last podcast could you oh, imagine yeah. the damage Theresa May would have done with a hundred majority could you imagine the deal that could now get through Parliament with no opposition whatsoever. Uh, 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 yeah, so therefore, absolutely. in and the, May 2017, the British people got it right. They got it spot on. They left Theresa May in power. That's very, very good point. on other factors. On the DUP. Because God fearing Northern Irish presidents. <laughs> Fantastic unionists. Could, could you imagine the, the scenario that this country now faces? If Theresa May did not have parliamentary opposition, very very good point. Amazing. And 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 actually, you're, you're, I can't think of an election in in living memory that 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 equation doesn't apply. Blair, Is it the British people got it right? I remember and, and it, yeah. Blair, two thousand one. Way, <laughs> way too late. The, but, the silent landscape is yeah. disaster. But um, I, you know, I, I for even for example, take take two thousand and ten. Um. Even that election was reflective of the, of the country's mood at the time, mm. and, and and that is the greatness of our of our parliamentary system. It has, uh, you know, our parliamentary system is fantastic. Let's not be ashamed to say it. Our parliamentary system is far superior to the American electoral college system. Far, it's it's far, far superior to the French nonsense whatever they do. These are macro, <laughs> and it's far superior to a PR system that lets Merkel dominate your country for nearly two decades. Get rid, you know, mm. the. The, the, uh, and Hitchin, sorry, again, Hitchin said this, the joy of our first-past-the-post system is that if you've got a white government, you can get rid of it overnight. Mm. That's not true. No, it's... I, I don't think. Uh, well, uh, but, again, I, 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 but I think the issue that we've kind of identified is, is that that ability is somewhat eroded because of the state of our party system. Mm. Because because what are you voting for? When you vote for Bernard Jenkins and Harridge in North, North Essex, you're not voting for Sarah Williston. You're not very, uh, no, and, and, no. and 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 to a certain extent, all, all parties have been broad churches for a long time. Too but, broad, but too broad. That's the too broad now. Too broad. too broad. How how can a party have Jeremy Corbyn and Tony Blair actually? Yeah, or how let's can go it have Jacob well, well, it clearly can't have it, it. It clearly can't have Jeremy Corbyn and Frank Field. 
Oh, Frank Which Field. is a, a great, a great loss. Let's jump back. Hot or not, Frank Field. One, I tell you what, I, I disagree with Frank Field on almost everything, mm. with, the, with the exception of Brexit, to be fair. But even without that, what a well-read, um, intelligent MP that knows his brief and does his best for his constituents, mm-hmm. and, and we need more like it. And actually, we need more like, although I find everything he says a bar Dennis Skinner, mm-hmm. and that represents his constituents yeah. of Bolsover. Absolutely. And you know what? Get rid of Giles Watt and get Pete Sears as MP, and let's have the people of the country <laughs> boring. But e- even, even people that leave me trying to pull my hair out, Jess Phillips, for example... She, I'm, I'm a, a hater. Uh, every time she comes on the on the telly, I want to bang my head against the table. But she does have the way she comes up with the things that she talks about on so this week. Up, or Jeff, is, is this can yours or mine? That's my one. That one. No, you finish yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You will start pouring the wine. Uh, we hear the glug. Let, let's take the mic right up to that. Got to hit that. Um, but this yeah. boys and girls, we thought I've left the working class roots is Tesco's finest burgundy, uh, the Pinot Noir. <laughs> but it is absolutely, it's eight pound a bottle. Now, um, if you think eight pound a bottle is cheap, this view is the wrong podcast. <laughs> eight pound a bottle is bloody expensive. Then, then what I love more expensive is me and my mum drink a bottle of Chateauneuf de Pap. While we cook Christmas dinner. Fantastic. So, um, although, of course, Pete, after the 29th of March, that is going to be at least 800. Well, then I'll have to drink that ghastly Somerset wine. I've got my well, I bought a voxel for Brexit. I always wanted a Volkswagen, but I just won't betray this country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so where were we? Oh, I've got well, some wine now. Um, so no, actually, so you thought you've made... We're now ready, Jeff. This is where it all goes down. Anyway. Um, so anyway, you made your prediction, I made mine. Let's yeah, so, let's so, let's so, so then let's make it clear. Jeff believes we're going to have a second referendum, people's vote. I see no way around a second election uh, if I have to put a day in it by the end of March 2019. And uh, you've heard the justification. I mean, that. your 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 scenario is kind of if if we were to now do away what we think is going to happen and go to ideal scenario, your scenario is close to my ideal scenario that's possible right now. No, my my, is, my, is, my ideal scenario would be that trees raised and removed. Boris Johnson becomes a buccaneering populist leader. That, go, that's what I'm talking and, about. And we go for that's deal. exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I, and I think that there, there must be. It's not going to happen. Do you know what the mechanism for for extending Article 50 would be, well, so that we could have what what has been termed a managed no deal process? I, I, again, as far as I'm aware, and I'll I'll bow to any constitutional experts out there that, as if they're listening to this fucking podcast, let's put they are. So <laughs> um, not Michael Thrash. Yeah. <laughs> Um, as far as I'm aware, now that it's been triggered, the only thing that could stop that would be a uh, executive action mm-hmm. um, from the Prime Minister's office, um, or a statute that would inform the Prime Minister to, to do, do that. so. Yeah, but, um, but what's the what's the role of the the European counterparts? Well, um, there's been some nonsense about this advice that you can trigger it unilaterally. That is just politics, because there's no way that the European Court will interpret that as the same, because as we spoke about on WhatsApp, you'd have the Italians using this as leverage to extract all sorts of concessions. Mm-hmm. So, as, in, as in you were talking about, withdraw Article 50, yeah. so, so wait, if, wait a day and if, then re-invoke if, if, it. If, every country, if, if the ruling eventually is that you can unilaterally invoke and then revoke Article 50, every country will invoke it. Demanding concessions again. Orban will but, be but, first no, on yeah. the list. But, but, but all of this comes back to the fact that the European project is fairly flawed. And that, and that, even despite, and I've been very depressed, I have, and I don't like to admit this sort of weakness because I believe in 
1950s values. <laughs> I've, I've looked at a lot of the coverage recently and felt very, very sad um, for the for what I want the future to be. And I, I suppose it feels like a lot of what the 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 the, the how do I phrase it the the right on sort of people have felt in the last two years. So mm. I sympathise with that. The, the difference is is that. I'm well aware that once Brexit happens, that opinion will still exist. These people seem to believe that they can stop Brexit, the 17 and, and, and our, our ideas will, will, go away. will just disappear. Mm. You know, if, if Donald Trump's impeached, well, then, then they all put the vote for him. We'll say, oh, well, it didn't work out. Well, actually, <laughs> well, actually you do it far worse. Far worse. Far, far worse. And I, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Tommy Robinson being a serious person in this country. Neither do I. I don't see him a serious person in this country, but he will be. And and, it, be. and actually, taking taking that particular example, the, the, the establishment handled these things so badly on on all levels. When 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 you actually look at what um, when Tommy Robinson was in prison for for contempt of court, um, I've got no love for the man. Yeah. But to for no reason move the man from the the area which he uh, committed the offence, which was Leeds to the one prison in the country where his life was most at risk, um, where there was an overwhelming uh, population of Muslims. Muslims, and put him, and so he elected to go in solitary confinement for however many months for his own safety. This is only fanning the flames of the people that, that, that uh, subscribe to his narrative. And, and I think that if you take that one particular example, the establishment completely misread and misjudge how to deal with, with this situation and, and that, that extends to Brexit they think like you say that they'll they'll somehow find some technicality or some way of parliamentary procedure to, to nullify this vote of the people and that we'll all thank them for getting us out of this mess and and that is where they're fundamentally wrong people I, I mean I, I can't remember the chap's name but um, on the movie uh, Brexit the movie there's a chap on there Martin Durkin that, he's the guy, the guy that made it but there's oh. a chap that's interviewed on there he says I would happily eat grass for a year if it meant leaving the Oh, Calvin McKenzie. I think possibly, oh. possibly was him. Yeah. But you can't I, mention him, mate. He's, he's the son of No, no. Well, I don't think. No, well, I don't think it, it was another, another rather oh. rotund bloke with glasses. But oh, anyway, okay. but um, but anyway, I, and I completely agree. And well, I think, and actually, I think actually, I, I, a big actually, chunk actually, of Brexit voters sympathise with that. That's some my little notes here. You say that, and you're absolutely right. Um, the idea this is just an economic vote is wrong and um, I uh, yeah just give a personal example I went to a wedding um, a few months back and uh, go see my old friend in Nottingham go see them where I went to university really really good people and I like them very much and they are wonderful wonderful friends and people but they are university people they're either uh, Lib Dem or Green Party it's that sort of crowd and um, so if I went I went to this wedding I thought <coughs> What I must do is stay off politics. I must stay off of politics completely because I don't really want the row. And I, uh, none of you know me, but if you do, I'm not scared of having a row. If you don't move, I'll fucking barge past yeah, you. No, I'm, 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 I'm not, it's, it's not that I don't mind confrontation. I thought, these are my friends. It's very divisive, Brexit, this stuff. And uh, we got into it. We ended up, I ended up going back and we drank some wonderful Bracken gin, which was um, suggested by my good friend Gay Simon, who used to work with me. And if that's homophobic, you're an idiot. Um, Gay Simon sent me a bottle of Bracken gin for my He's just happy. birthday. Yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. And this, uh, the woman I was, I was uh, with, uh, everyone dug up this Bracken gin. 
and we sent you about Brexit. Now, I was with a chap called uh, Garant Thomas, uh, a Welsh fellow who I'll tell you in this podcast. Hard left, like I was at 16, 17. Um, member of the Socialist Workers' Party, really active, super intelligent man, geneticist, really bright. And we were chatting, and politics come up, as I tried to avoid. And um, we mentioned Brexit, and interestingly, obviously the whole crowd was, ah, Brexit, Brexit, Brexit. Obviously, I'm a, to them, the Clacton boy, the UKIP boy, obviously because Clacton was UKIP. Mm-hmm. Um, and great Thomas G, man, as I call him. Um, when watch no, me and the social works boy, but I leave. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no. But we got into this conversation, and the, the longest I'm boring you to tears here, but the point was, was that I said, I will accept, and I would accept, being poorer to deliver. I don't think it would happen, but I'm willing to risk being poorer to accept Brexit. And if any of you mm-hmm. follow, and if you don't follow him now, Matt Goodwin, the professor who's oh, following yes. all the right things. In fact, I'll see if I can find the percentages. He's done some absolutely fantastic research on this, where British voters say they'll accept economic damage to deliver Brexit. Now, that might sound abhorrent to most people, or not most people, but people who oppose Brexit. But we fought the Battle of Britain accepting economic damage. We fought the First World War and the Second World War accepting economic damage. No one went, let's fight the First World War, it'll make us richer. You know, <laughs> let's let's fight the Battle of Britain, have London bombed in the Blitz and let's make us richer. We didn't fight the Falklands to believe it would make us richer. And I appreciate all those war examples. Let's think of another one. Um, Here we, we go, Pete, just, we, to, just to back up oh, your God, argument. God. His, his research... 61% of leavers would say that significant economic significant economic damage significant. was a price worth paying for Brexit. Oh, I'll, I'll see if I can get the rest of the figures up, but you keep going. Yeah. If, if, and, and, oh, here we go, I found go, it. Go. I'd be prepared to sacrifice some future economic growth to complete a Brexit properly. This is the question posed. All, all British adults, 50, 45% agree, 32% disagree. And then the rest obviously don't know. Among leavers, 67% agree with the statement. Only 11 disagree. Among Tories, and bearing in mind the current stance of the Conservative Party, 65% agree with that statement. 19% disagree. Yeah, and, and that doesn't surprise me. Um, because it's interesting, isn't it, that the, the people that most want to frustrate Brexit are the most anti-Thatcherites. Mm. Yeah, the Thatcherites are the ones that said money matters more than anything. Um, I, know, I, I fell out with a good friend, not fell out, I disagree with a good friend of mine on Twitter. Chap stupid, he won't listen to this, but he's a really good chap. Um, trained drums in IT, really good fellow. And uh, we discussed, he thinks we got a recession worse than the 30s in 2008. Um, and, all, and all that sort of jazz. Um, I'll point out to him that you know if, if the European Union was such an economic powerhouse, why is everyone you know, starving to death in Greece and Portugal and a third country? <laughs> But the point is that people people will people value some things more than more than money, money. more mm. than money. Well, let, let, let's so take, I, let's I, take I, for so, example. So, 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 so take me here, Jeff. Now I'm reasonably secure, and by that, probably not by the people on Twitter. Listen, I live in Clacton on Sea. I'm in a two up, two down, mid terrace. My mortgage is reasonably low. My house I bought for one hundred twenty thousand pounds. So I'm secure, but only relative to the area in Clacton. I couldn't in London, not. If Brexit, the, the ability for, I don't have children, but with the ability for my nephew and that future government to independently decide the tax on tampons, which it, which it currently can't. Let me just restress that. The nation of Remain 
cannot decide independently the tax on tampons without going to Brussels and begging them. If I believe that, if that costs me five, ten grand a year, tens, tens probably pushing to remember, so be it. And, and, and this but, is just but, a, this but, is just a monolith yeah, of the kind of things that they that they, that they control. It's worth saying that those levers don't believe it's going to cost five or ten. They actually believe it's going to be a, a great enabler. They'll take the risk, mm. and 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 I don't think that's worth sneering at. It's worth saying that in the pursuit of a better end, the Battle of Britain, we might have lost, mightn't we? Mm. We might have been conquered by Nazi Germany, but in the pursuit of a greater end. The risk is worth paying. Absolutely. And, and that said, once you become a Singapore and Thames and we love commercial <laughs> it won't happen anyway. But it, but if it would, I, 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 a heavy cost, but I'll pay it gladly. But but, but let's let's take and my reason. Millions of people, people would gladly. absolutely. Millions. Let's take my recent experience. Okay, so obviously, if you listen to the podcast before, if you care, um, we were both we were both no, teachers. No, no, no one listens to this. Both we used to be both teachers until very recently. About, yeah, Pete still is. Um, but well, about six months ago, I decided to give it up for various reasons. Perhaps we can talk about that in more detail on another podcast. Um, but um, then. Uh, in in the form of time, I've now gone into to, to essentially a bit of running a business, um, and actually my business in theory quite affected by Brexit. We import all of our produce. Well, t- tell them Jeff what you break. So 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 uh, family f- uh, business. Uh, my mum has been a florist for thirty years. She's probably one of the best florists in the country. I'd be quite happy to say that. Oh fuck! Jennifer's Colchester, bloody good eggs. <laughs> and um, you know we we. Everything we do, we need to import bar a few things. And, you know, one of the big misconceptions, and perhaps we'll go into talking about, um, we've, I'd say we've probably got another 20 minutes left or so we can, we can ramble on. But um, but uh, we'll talk about Project Fear a bit in, in a little while and how we can sort of debunk some of these myths perhaps. But, you know, businesses, if they're real businesses, if they're good businesses, they plan for contingencies. One second. Jeff's just lighting a cigar. Um, so we're about to talk about private sector um, readiness for the Brexit. And this is an actually interesting point in terms of um, all of these, or most of these, and I'll, I'll happily hear other ones if not, all of these predictions are based on that people then do nothing in response. Response, indeed. So it's a bit like someone says, you know, scenario, someone breaks into your home. And then the assumption is you do nothing, and the result is everything from your house is looted. <laughs> well, if someone goes to your home, you might drop kick them in the face, and therefore it's not looted. And this really, really, really fucks me off. You know, so I had a oh, sorry, Jeff, to interrupt. No, don't keep going. I, I, I can resist. on Twitter. I've got some old friends, actually not from a teaching profession. Back when I was still worked at Morrison's, it was a great time in my life. I enjoyed it. I've got the same money as you teach and go back tomorrow. Good, good, honest people. But they sort of tag me in these sort of um, horror reports at the Bank of England with some smug comments. And I say, well, look, read the report. So you read the first page, and please go and find it. We'll post the link underneath when Jeff does the, the thing. to the Bank of England's report on the impacts of Brexit. And you've got an executive summary. And it says, I'm going to paraphrase here, that in the event of, you know, um, boiling frogs coming from the Nile and blood and locusts and plagues, the government will do nothing. So it assumes that. So, in, in, no in, in actual words, it says this report assumes no policy response. No policy response whatsoever. So, and that would presumably include signing trade deals with third, with third yeah, countries. Oh, well, to be fair, I think it's something on Friday, but it has nothing to do with taxation and benefits and whatnot. Changing so, interest so rates. So it's effectively yeah. saying you are sitting outside in your back garden in the blazing sun, 
and you're starting to feel a bit warm. They then stop you there and they say, well, let's extrapolate the results. You've got skin cancer and you're dead. <laughs> it does not... Assume that you're going to go and get the factor 50. It does not you might, you might get factor 50. So it does not assume you might go inside away from the fucking sun. <laughs> no, it assumes you sit there in the cancer's rays, <laughs> continue, get cancer and, and continue to race. I mean, it, 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 so, it, it, it is so stupid... Only intelligent person could believe it. So, 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 so let's so, let's go to the, my 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 lived experience, as we would say. So, I, like, I've only been in this game for a while, but I've been around it all my life. And uh, you know, I, I looked up this the WT the the tariff that the European Union imposes on flour imports is nine point six percent. Bearing in mind that most flours come from Kenya, come from Colombia, come from all sorts of other places. So these flowers come in, they're then auctioned on a Dutch auction house, and then they are then brought over here. Now, due to some recent where, changes... Where, where do they pay the tax before they come to the Dutch auction house? Or so the, du- the Dutch auction houses buy them, and they then sell them on the auction to distributors, essentially. So, so the Dutch pay the tax. The Dutch pay the tax, and they, that goes to your opinion. So that's 9.5. And, and the vast, vast, vast majority of things that we use are grown outside the European Union. Roses are mainly Kenyan, or there are some Spanish roses that are, that are okay, but or South American. So we are paying that nine point six percent on all of those imports at source anyway. We've now in planning for Brexit, funnily enough, uh, and and the eventuality of an, of, a, of a no deal. Any good business, and this is about policy response, will look and seek for alternatives. So we've we as a business have struck up a relationship with a grower in Kenya, uh, sorry, in Colombia, and now we buy the flowers directly from the grower. So rather than it going into the European Union, paying the import tariff, then going to a Dutch auction house, three middlemen in between, we're now buying it. We get it sooner, we get it cheaper, and it lasts twice as long. And so having gone out to the world and found a better product, even though we're paying this 9.6% on it that we would have to anyway, we found a great product at source. Now, this is exactly the point that you're talking about, is that we assume, or these reports assume, that we're not going to reap those kinds of benefits. If we were to leave the European Union no deal, we'd have unilateral control of our tariff policy. We could essentially put that tariff down to zero. And, and instantly, instantly, our flowers that we buy from Colombia would be nine point six percent cheaper. Because really we don't grow flowers. Why the hell would Britain put a nine point six percent tariff on 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 something it doesn't produce? No, no, I, I make you right. No, it's interesting. I was having this chat with my dad the other day about trade and um, bright man, kind of one. I said, and 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 uh, I said, you can even if someone puts tariffs on you. You can, you can you still mean, choose not you, to put them you up. You can unilaterally, without a deal, have no tariffs. And yeah. a lot of people don't realise this. They think that you yeah. you must have tariffs. A, t- a trade war is a political choice. Yeah, yeah. We we can. Like, and I'm giving some of Singapore. Singapore has zero tariffs on everyone. Zero tariffs on And look at... Look at a, as does, I believe, not to the same extent, but Hong Kong has got a very, very yeah, similar... Well, apart, 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 apart from the political ones that worry China. Yeah, and uh, I ask you, if you're looking at that, uh, Hong, uh, uh, Singapore, Singapore, not in the European Union, not in the customs union, not in the single market. Give me one economic indicator that Britain has that is better than Singapore's, and tweet me or Jeff. Yeah, well, I, I certainly can't. But uh, there we go. Even even on our chosen subject of education, 
um, which uh, you know they they clearly spend as a percentage of GDP far less. They have far better outcomes. Funny mm-hmm. that. What also do they have less of technology? Funny enough, in their schools. But yeah, so I mean, I think that's that that that's a sort of strand that we've kind of touched, but. You know, the idea that no one or any business, any business worth its salt wouldn't have planned for these contingencies is is a joke. And actually, once you start planning for those contingencies, you find more opportunities. Um, And this is the thing that's completely missed out of the 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 narrative invention, indeed. Um, So where are we going to go from here, Sears? We we kind of touched on, I think we can end on on some some, um, lively banter. Um, well, we, we, we touched on Gove when it came to. Say, we've got 15, we've got 15 minutes. minutes. We, we did 90 minutes last time, and it wasn't too yeah, odious. So, so, so we did we did Gove in our hot or not. We've clearly touched on Theresa May. Yeah. Um, who else needs mention? Maybe we should have a have a, a quick discussion of Jacob Rees-Mogg because we kind of touched on him. Um, what are your thoughts on his his um, uh, well, contributions over I, the last year and I, a half? I um, let's start with the good news, I suppose. I have always liked Jacob Rees-Mogg. He is the type of conservative, if he spoke with a Estri accent, who would do very well. Mm. I also think he does very well for the fact that he doesn't speak with a Estri accent and refuses to apologise for it. Um, I like his view on Brexit. I like his view on the economy. But on the economy, as I said before, we are in the minority on that view of economic freedom. Um... I feel sorry for him that he's clearly had guarantees and promises from Tory MPs to get that 48 when he gave that speech in Parliament where he said perhaps I shouldn't my ladder mm-hmm. and actually I think that has probably terminally wounded him because with the Tory party in general if you threaten a rebellion and then say you're going to deliver a rebellion and you can't muster 48 then I think he is now damaged goods uh, very interesting point of view. Um, I think there could be a reversal of fortune. It, it does depend a bit on whether our predictions uh, of what's going to happen next comes true. I think if we had a, a, a sort of Brexity takeover of Theresa May's Elston, I, I think even given my prediction of what's going to happen, I think Theresa May has to go. Uh, I, even even with the, um, the, the 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 second referendum vote, I don't see how even she can stay. You know, the Teflon Theresa. Um, can can survive a vote that she's going to thunderously lose, um, but let's say we get a, a fairly Brexity replacement. I think he, I think he is he has who, earned. Who? who is the replacement? I, I don't know. But. Well, it, well, I think if we if we if we, if we if we if we were to what well, ideally. I think Bojo. I think Bojo ideally because actually I think a lot of people misconstrue the importance of the prime minister. I know that sounds like a, a strange statement to make, but actually, essentially, the prime minister is to pull together a group of people. And, and 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 bring and coalesce people around them. They actually don't have to have very many ideas themselves. They just know, need to know how to pick the good ones out. Well, that, and that um, was David Cameron. Yeah, and, and actually, you actually we we talked about this last time. While we while we didn't while, we, we 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 kind of disagree with his fundamental philosophy. But actually, as a prime minister, given the circumstances he was in, he was relatively successful. I mean, we we've always said why they didn't make a bigger deal out of their economic progress in that eight years. In that election of of twenty fifteen that he's fought, and then and they would have got an even bigger majority that have had it was barely even mentioned. Um, but I think Bojo would be a good prime minister purely because he put the right people in the right seat. 
Um, and uh, he can go out and be the bombastic message deliverer, and then the competent people can do the job uh, behind him. He was quite... Um, a lot of people have said good things about him when he was mayor of London for doing just that, putting the right people yeah. in the right jobs. And I think there is enough talent in the Conservative Party if you were to put the right people in the right jobs. Um, and I think he'd probably be, for that reason, be the best choice as Prime Minister. But the other likely candidates are DD, David Davis. Um, whether we want him or not, I think the reason why he would be relatively more likely than Bojo is I think he's a little bit more palatable to the more remainery, moderate backbenchers than and Bojo. La- and Labour. And Labour, potentially. Um, but then there's... And I don't really... I, I don't really see this, but a lot of serious commentators are, are talking Dominic Raab. But I don't think he's anywhere near... Well, go on, go on, Sears. Have a well, sound, Dominic Raab. Well, the, the problem with Dominic, um, he accepted the job as Brexit Secretary when he knew he filed a and resigned it. And two, no one knows who he is. Mm. Um, I mean, all- let, let's actually talk about... Talking about no one knows who he is. Any other government that had to root through the bottom of the fucking barrel to pick someone called Steve Barclay to be the next Brexit secretary would be would be considered terminally ill. And, and, and even he's on the last legs now here. Yeah, he. Well, I think he's. Um, uh, well, if he is principled enough to resign, that'd be fantastic. But I don't think he's going to do it before Tuesday. But he's rather frustrated that almost no no deal planning is going on. I think I think what will be interesting is, um, and we've got a couple of people I think what will be interesting is the. No one is seriously talking about what happened after she did when she loses. Because once she loses, then everything's up for grabs. Mm-hmm. She's toast. Now, then I think it's a choice between a Tory party stitch-up, a Amber Rudd, Nicky Morgan. Or, oh, I don't know. if I, I'd, I'd have to or, think I'd have to go and buy a balaclava or, and a pitchfork. Or, or, a, or a embrace embrace the popular revolution. And now Boris will win. If he can get there. I think the, the biggest course, danger. Of course, so I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of the example of a couple of last podcast of Enoch Pam. Enoch Pam was the most popular politician in the country. The country, and he never but got looking. Had no political route through the party. Mm. I think Boris Johnson's got an easier route. Because but it's, it's because, similar because because one is not as intelligent, nor is he as controversial as Enoch Pam, and nor does he have a war record. Um, but the issue is still the same. Boris Johnson wins a general election, hands down. But mm. will the Tory party finally fucking wise up and elect him? Elect him, yeah. And, and I, I can't see it because I think there is as much... I mean, did you? I, I don't know if you watched any of it, but after the um, debate was open on Thursday, he, he was one of the first people to speak. Relatively early in the he's afternoon. He's shit part, doesn't he? Yeah, he's, he's not great. He's, for, for a man who's, who's hero is Churchill, mm. he's rubbish in Parliament. He waffles, he ums and ahs. He's better when he's in front of BBC News. BBC now. News, yeah, indeed. Um, he talks about Cornish pasta. <laughs> <laughs> he's turned the No, he's not great. Because he, I think he, he's great at a set piece. But the moment, uh, but the problem is there's, there's enough opposition to him that they'll say, give way, give way, and he gets completely flustered. And that's exactly what happened on Thursday. But anyway, and that, that's kind of what I was getting at, is that I, when, I, if you I, saw I, him I, on Thursday... I wish in part, only in Parliament, I would, but only in Parliament, I wish he was as good as Hillary Benton. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, he he is. I mean, actually, uh, that that reminds me of the the Hillary Benn speech on um, the bombing of Syria. I have to say, I don't don't agree with a lot of what Hillary Benn says. I agree more what his father said, funnily enough. Um, But um, but that was a fantastic piece of oratory, Um, and I I, I, it's one of those um, speeches that will go down in memory. 
Um, none of which can be attributed to Theresa May, funny enough. But um, that's a really good point. If she was abducted by aliens tomorrow, who who would what, notice? What, 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 what would be what, not to say, what would be her legacy? I, I don't want to say die, but say she was abducted by aliens and we knew she'd gone forever. What would the obituary say? Here's Theresa May. Took, con- went, took control she, by default. She, she, she wants to give a wet fart speech on migration, then let it happen. She wants to give a wet fart speech on running the opinion, then let Brexit. Uh, vi- vi- victoriously won the. Um, <coughs> victoriously what, 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 what won. What's she doing running the country? country? I don't Seriously. understand. Well, I have to say, my, my, my stepdad's a, used to be a member of the. Well, not a member, a delegate of the police federation. He's very and went, tall. Went, went very tall. And when he when Theresa May was Home Secretary, he, he used to say she never listens. And, and, and when she became Prime Minister, he was distraught uh, and said that if you expect to ever to listen to anything, she won't listen. And that was is very, very wise. She is the most stubborn, obstinate politician I've known in my lifetime. She's the, she's the R2-D2 of the Prime Ministership. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so, but going back to, to, to where I was at with, um, with, with potential candidates, I think the problem with Boris is that actually there is as much vitriol on the on the the conservative backbenches for him as there is for him on the Labour benches, and I think that's a real problem. I don't, I, don't, I, I I think yeah, but 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 that is a problem. Going back to our other point about the fact that the Conservative Party is so unrepresentative as well. Indeed, it is. Um, so I, I <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just imagine a clear vote to the Tory Party members for who you want to be a leader. Bojo and Mog are the top two, and yet they're hundred percent, and, and yet they're struggling to be. The top five, top five of the party members, and, and and this is the thing. I mean, it's not unprecedented that the Conservative Party reaches a point where it has to reform its 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 voting uh, rules because Hague well, did it in two thousand one. Well, don't, don't do like Miliband did. They? No, indeed. Um, but Hague did it in two thousand um, and one, and there's a big argument. We're going right back to where we started. Is that the problem is with the parties? If you changed. If, if you change the way that leaders were elected from this this whittling down by MPs to whittling down by members in the Conservative Party, I mean, actually, you could largely argue, that you, you say not what Ed Miliband did in the Labour Party, but funnily enough, what Ed Miliband did in the Labour Party has ended up... No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a good thing You're at all. You're back, Jack. No, I'm, I'm not saying it's a good thing at all. But I'm, uh, not the way he's done it, with, with, the, with the three... Blocks essentially, which which basically outweigh the the, the trade union vote massively and against the, the the member vote, but the idea of giving members more say of who leads their party, I don't think is a necessarily bad thing because, like you just said, if 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 say we had essentially the same system that the Conservatives have got now, maybe maybe associations should be whittling people down, not fucking MPs. But what you'd say would make a lot of sense in the nineteen fifties, where eighty five percent of people were member of political party. Most people are not my, my, my mum. Your mum part of the No. Your dad? No. Your stepdad? No. My mum's not. My dad's this not. This is very true. My brother's not. But my, at least it I'm, would... I'm, I'm not, I, I know you are. I'm not. But, so, but, but, let, so, but let's say for a minute that actually, in the situation that we've got now, we, let, let, maybe you have to break something to fix it. You've got Corbyn because you've had a, a, a filtered... Um, you know, concentrated version but of a particular he, ideology in his party. At least he represents. At a, least he a, represents a core his core opinion. block of his party. Yeah, and 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 the members of his not party. Not just members, but a core, a core block. block of public opinion. NHS, religion, spunk some money on it. It'll be fine. And 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 you could argue that, like you say, if you take the polling data on Morgan and and Boris, if if you were to have a different system of electing a conservative leader, you would end up with a Mogul Boris. Not sure. 
Um, so, I mean, the current system in the Conservative Party gives far too much power to the to the what we would term in Vetcom as the establishment in the party. And unfortunately, the establishment used could have been relied on twenty years ago to to make something of a sensible choice, perhaps. Um, but now the establishment in, in the Conservative Party consists of people like Nicky Morgan and Nicholas Soames and uh, and, uh, and George Osbornites. Yeah, Osbornites. Yeah, uh, and, and unfortunately, that's a problem because they are... And, and let's, let, let, let's, let's say, you know, uh, it's clear from the election results of 2010 and 2015 that while Cameron managed to bring together enough of a coalition to, to, to win, he did that in the face of, of, of Ed Miliband and, and Gordon Brown. So, so whether that it clearly never got to the heart of where the country was at, and now these people, the establishment. So, in the last three minutes, Jeff, or two minutes, let's talk about what we think for the future. What do we think for the future? By January thirty-first, I believe that we will be in the process of a general election campaign in this country, in which Jeremy Corbyn is taking on a unity conservative candidate. And if I had to Would you care to name them? Do you know what I'm going to? The, the general election Go by on. the end of February, I'm going. No, sorry, no, I'll really has it. I'll really has it. Go on, go on. Because if you're right, you'll be loving it. The, gen- <laughs> the general election. If not, we can just delete the yeah, podcast. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one's going to fucking listen to it anyway. No, yeah, we'll go back, yeah, edit yeah, it, yeah, dub yeah, it over. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be really obvious. Be Boris Johnson. My, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my prediction is that by, by before <laughs> the Brexit date of the 30, uh, 20th of March, there will be a general election in this country between Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson. In, I'll tell you what I would and, love it and in that general election Boris Johnson will win a substantial mandate for what will effectively be a WTO Brexit they might never something else because in the last hours the European Union will scupper together a deal that does not affect or, or, or at least some kind of continuity yes, until we so, can put, so, so, put so forward my, some I, kind I, of I know, I know you've got people to vote but my prediction is before we leave the European Union officially a general election between Corbyn and Johnson, which Johnson wins, and whilst I would call it, he extracts um, concession of the European Union, a no deal. He, he extracts that, enough panic that means that we, we have some he, more orderly version he, of he no deal. He extracts effectively a free trade no deal with terrorist resolution and our border. Well, Pete, I. Jeff, you've got. Um, two minutes gone. Well, if that was the outcome, I, I think I would actually be perfectly happy with that outcome. I, I think uh, I think you're being too optimistic. I, I still think that, unfortunately, the way it's going at the moment, Parliament will hamstring us into a second referendum, um, which I'd like to think Leave will win again. Um, but I agree with everything you said about how damaging that would be, and I I have a more pessimistic view of the future as a result um if your scenario comes to pass i'll be i'll be a relatively happy man um maybe we should maybe we should place a bet <laughs> you know what lab brooks tomorrow lab brooks tomorrow We're crashing yes not yeah right. so we will have another podcast um probably, i think we would try and do it as soon after probably, this vote as possible probably really. the friday i said i work for a living and so does jeff um so friday after the vote which is friday the 15th no, 14th, 14th. It's a week, yeah. A week well, it'll be today. published probably yeah, the Saturday. 
Friday the 14th, we will analyse what's going with Theresa May's deal. Um, we're going to try and sell this like a cheap hooker on Twitter. Hopefully <laughs> someone fucking listens to it. If uh, not, we're we're, we're going to tweet... Not, we'll carry on anyway. James Dellingpole, we're going to tweet at you for, for sure. So um, please retweet. And uh, James and Brian, I can offer you agree with all opinions. <laughs> absolute fucking can. <laughs> and on that, handshake. On that one, absolute pleasure. Fantastic. Thank you very much. See you again very soon.